Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Catholic Stuff Podcast! Hey, I'm going to bed at 9 o'clock for the first time in uh, probably 25 years. See you. Alright, sleep well. Good night. <laughs> Good night. Well, welcome. He's walking to Fatima tomorrow. That's Our Lady of Fatima, six miles away. He's leading a. Yeah, <laughs> <a>, sorry. <laughs> team of draft horses of geriatrics, yeah. <laughs> six miles. So, well, welcome to the podcast. Yes, uh, Catholic stuff you should know, Father John, Father Michael. A very lively introduction as always. So. <laughs> Father Lots Mike Rapp and Father uh, Nathan, they pride themselves on bringing about the weirdest introductions ever. I always think about these people who listen for the first time and must be like, what the hell are we listening to? You know. Well, it's funny. I've learned now that like if it's if it's Nathan, Father Nathan, and I, it's just I just start recording because yep. like I just downloaded the most recent episode of GarageBand and it gives us the clicks again. Yep. But the other one didn't, so it's just like as long as I click it, so he sits down and he starts like, saying the weirdest things. It's just like just start recording that, and then we'll we'll I ease know. into the beginning that exactly, way. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. The problem is we're actually used to the weirdness, but uh, you yeah, know, exactly. You, you gotta wonder. It's like gosh, she's first time listeners. So, anyways, <laughs> this is a uh, uh, legitimate pseudo credible uh, podcast that we yeah. we do here but it's good to be with father michael tonight uh, yeah. i was with his um i was gonna say twin brother which is not true but Voice feels twin like brother twin. seven years younger uh is that right joseph yeah he's 10 years younger 10 years younger yeah. so father michael has a younger brother uh married to a beautiful woman seska who yeah. used to be seska girolamo no yeah. seska lachlan and saw them at the wedding this weekend but you two have the same exact voice and it's crazy <laughs> it's like crazy talking to him so it's I, a distinct I, radio voice. So I, I noticed that when I when I get, I'm sure he gets that around my friends too. But if I get around his friends and they just there's they can't quite place what the difference is or what what what's what's weird about this conversation. But I even hear we have the same mannerisms because there's two brothers in between us. Right, Sean's just, yeah. two years younger than me. Christopher is four years younger than me. Right, and uh, no six years younger than me. And so there's a uh, so but we don't Joseph and I look most similar and. Most alike, and then we have the same mannerisms and such. So. Where does your sister fall? She's the last, so she's 12 years younger than me. Speaking of your sister, Teresa, right? Yes. So I've actually never met. Really? I feel like I know her, yeah. Oh, wow. So I met a, uh, uh, today I was uh, my final French lesson with Maria Masterson, my lovely French tutor for the summer. Uh, her buddy, who's starting the a- uh, aspirancy, is that right? Aspirancy? Aspirancy? I think it's aspirancy. Uh, something like that. Yeah. Uh, for the Beatitudes, Community of the Beatitudes here in Denver. Uh, there's a girl named Kelsey, who I gave a shout-out to last week as Leslie. Uh, <laughs> sorry about that. The only, the last time I shanked a shout-out this bad was your friend Grant. Grant, yeah. <laughs> who works at, uh, who used to work at New Belgium. Now he's up on a farm, right? Yeah, he, he wanted, he came to me one time, and he had that job that I just, not only did I was like, like envious of oh, yeah. him just making beer all day for a job when he worked at New Belgium, but, but not only that, but he got us in... On Sunday, when New Belgium was closed, we brought the kids, like all the parish families, would just go in and take over the tasting room. We got whatever we wanted with with like no consequences because there's nobody there. My brother, who was a cop, would come in like we'd say like you know he'd he'd do the uh, the the DWI tests on us just for the fun of it, you know. And it was it was just it was so much fun. And then like so it was a major major uh, sacrifice we all had to make when he decided to move to North Dakota. But he said, he said, I want to depend upon God for everything. Wow. Cause I guess they, the farms don't have sprinklers up there. Wow. So if it's a bad year, like yeah. for rain, like that's old school, yeah. old school, old school, but that he wanted that he wanted to depend on God for everything. So I was like, man, I can't argue with that. That's, that's beautiful. beautiful. You can. Yeah. yeah. So he was the original podcast, uh, shout out shank. <laughs> and my second one was last week. And so 
we shouted out to Leslie in the laboratory, and, and now it's Kelsey. A week later, it's Kelsey <laughs> going into the convent because she's going into the Beatitudes convent nice. and, uh, to begin her discernment. So, nice. anyways, Kelsey, it's great to meet you. But I bring up Kelsey because I said, How'd you end up in Denver? And she said, I went to Teresa and Colin. Colin. Colin? Colin, C U L L E N. Colin, Colin's yeah. wedding. Because yeah. they were focused missionaries in lacrosse. Right. And that's where she was a student. Okay. So if she never would have met them, she never would have come to Denver, met Father Anthony and the community Beatitudes, and then wow. began her discernment. So, anyways, wow. Kelsey, Maria, it's great hanging yeah. with you guys. Today was our last day in French, and so we were mm. drinking beers instead of coffee, which we've been doing <laughs> seven weeks every morning in this uh, wonderful um, coffee shop called the Book Bar. So, it's a bar and a coffee shop and a lot of books. And uh, but I think they were a little weirded out because it was like the priest and then these two girls <laughs> who are going to the convent like tonight. They started tonight. It was like, whoa, this is crazy. I think the employees were a little, a little bit confused, a little yeah. bit, you know, didn't exactly fit the categories. But I think our listeners awesome. they they know that we live in kind of a Catholic wonderland of of great priestly fraternity <laughs> and like yeah. you know it really is an amazing archdiocese of Denver and Denver like and 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 our world of companions is yeah. is is. is very unusual. We understand yeah. that very well. But we, we, you know, we talk about priestly fraternity, bunch of young, cool priests, and a bunch of women discerning religious life, like, all the time. And it that's does. It. That, that's how it works yeah. in this world. It does. Yeah. Like, my parish in, in at Holy Protection is in between the seminary and chancery and and St. Fin- and St. Vincent de Paul Church. St. Vincent de Paul has the uh, Nashville Dominicans. Right. And then the seminary has all these seminarians, you know, a hundred and something seminaries all wearing their clerics. So, you like, in my neighborhood, right. it's not unusual at all to see habited nuns walking on the street and then crossing paths with like the spirituality or guys doing doing a rosary walk you know right, 30 guys the all in the house and then a byzantine priest walking around his his cross and scufia you just yeah. <laughs> roaming around it's like what year is this yeah it's ex- where are we exactly yeah. in denver of all places so yeah, so yeah. I, I i never want to never want to uh, take that for granted we are we are blessed we are blessed and we just got off of a uh, kind of a or once a month all the guys get together and uh, it was just great to Prayer with the brothers and uh, fraternal group, kind of review of life, and just uh, yeah. eat a ton of Cosmos pizza tonight, yeah. which was ridiculous. That was the largest pizza I've ever, pizza I've ever seen tw- in my life. Twenty four inches. Twenty four inches. I mean, it yeah. was literally. I mean, Wunchy was holding up. He's a little guy, but he was holding up a slice of pizza. And we call like him Wunchkin. Yeah, Wunchkin. It was the size of his stomach. It was like this one slice of pizza. These things were crazy. So. Well, that's the funny thing is that the pizza was that big, but they still cut it into like eight slices. Exactly. There's so it's these eight, massive yeah, slices. Everybody gets a slice. So yeah. Yeah, that took me back to my days in Boulder. We used to go to Cosmos. It was usually mm-hmm. late at night. And you usually get, just get one slice because they're so gigantic. But I've yeah. never seen anybody order a full pizza. Yeah. But leave it to Father Nathan. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was. He, that's right. He ordered it. We were, we were trying to figure out different places to go. And we, we normally order uh, Asian something, Asian fusion. But we were gonna go for something else yeah book kind of goes for the asian thing he likes to find these obscure asian restaurants but yeah. tonight's pizza was good yeah, well on tuesday one. my days are winding down here it's weird because i'm i'm uh kind of coming to the end of my american stay it doesn't feel real it doesn't feel like i'm going back to rome mm-hmm. it feels like a kind of a dream world but going back to rome heading to benedictine college next week so yeah. this comes out thursday we're podcasting out there on wednesday it should be a great time really looking forward to it and then uh and then a little retreat and then back to Rome. So it's right. it's uh, going to be quick. So it's great that we were able to do this together. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, yeah, it's just uh, I, I miss podcasting with you and the Gobes. More you yeah. than him. But, you know, <laughs> these things. He was 
a bit of a nut last week. Uh, if you listened to the last one, I, I have all the first few minutes. I got to do it, but in rare, rare form, you guys are kind of ca- classic Catholic stuff, though. It, so yeah, it's, it's it was, good to have the two of you. Classic is <laughs> one is a very, <laughs> very nice word for it. But he was uh, he was in rare form. So, anyways, it's it's. Uh, I don't know that that cliche phrase, you know, you only know what you have when you when it's gone. Yeah. And living in Europe, I just yeah. I'm like, man, I miss the boys and uh, and uh, being together. So, anyways, it's great to be together tonight. Getting too sentimental, you know. But yeah. here we go. So, well, I, I just I was just saying earlier, I, I was giving spiritual direction to Perry West. Shout out to Perry West. Yeah, there you go. Anyway, I came up on our spiritual direction how how good he was at kind of taking one day at a time. Huh. And just saying, you know, I'm going to appreciate today for what it is. And that, that kind of rocked my world because even though I was the one giving spiritual direction, I kind of thought I need to do that better. Like I, I need to say, you know, today is a gift. I, I've read there was a beautiful video on YouTube. I'll, I should dig it up. But it was these parents and they had their, um, their I think they had a, a child that had a terminal illness. And it was supposed to last like a week, maybe two weeks. And so they decided since, you know, since their child was going to, was going to pass away so soon that they were going to celebrate a birthday for it every single day. And like, just say, we got our child today. So like, just appreciate every day with the child before it died, instead of always being so worried about, you know, it's going to die. And, but the child, the the baby ended up living like a year, like 365 days. And they just had a celebration every day, like just thanking God for that day with that child. And, and so I've used that in, in counseling of people with miscarriages, because it's kind of like, you know after you've had a miscarriage, especially if you have multiple miscarriages, you, you, there's this like hesitation to get excited. Like, I don't want to get excited. I don't want to be let down again. I don't, I'll be disappointed again. But, but if there's an attitude of like, I have a life in, in my womb or my wife's womb, like God gave us this gift. Let's appreciate it for today. You know, the baby might not survive, you know, but, but, but there's something about saying like, why worry about that? Like, just thank God that we have a son or a daughter that's with us right now. And again, once if God forbid it dies and there's, you know, there's other ways of interacting, but in this world now, like why not enjoy it for today rather than worrying about what I'm going to have the next day. And I just thought that that's such a, a beautiful thing. And, though, and that's a very intense moment, whether you have a terminal child in the first years of his life, or you have, you know, a baby that you're just going to miscarry, but like we should all be doing that. I mean, that, that's just, yeah. you know, we, before you go back to Rome, just like, you know, li- li- live each day intensely. And we all need to kind of learn that better, especially if we're afraid. I, as you know, I'm, I'm afraid of something. I'm not going to share what it is, but there, there's something I'm, I'm a bit afraid yeah. of, you know, yeah. and I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to kind of, reject that fear and just live in in the moment no that's it i've been thinking a lot about that about like you know um the eucharist makes the church i we're i was at this funny funny uh group of uh this bible uh, not a bible study book club uh these women up in boulder have been doing it for they call themselves the babushkas and uh, the boulder babushkas and we read John Zazulis' Being as Communion, ah. which is a very difficult, difficult, Deep very philosophical, book. very theological read. Um, but one of the things I love about the Orthodox uh, ecclesiology, their understanding of the church, is um, that the Eucharist makes the church. It's a mm-hmm. Eucharistically centered ecclesiology, which means that uh, the source of the church is gratitude, like you're talking yeah. about. And uh, I've been thinking a lot these days, my final days here in, in Colorado around like, how do I live? How do I live more grateful uh, for things? More Eucharistic, and if we want to get like fancy with it, and I think it begins with that gratuity, like you were just talking about. That uh, gratitude begins in the recognition of gratuity that everything is kind of freely given. Like yeah. that that baby, that mis- that baby in the womb is like didn't have to exist, right. and 
we're sitting around tonight, you know, uh, with the boys and none of this exists. None of this really needs to exist. It just yeah. does. It's, it's, and, and I have no, I don't deserve this. Um, but we get so caught up in the negative, you know, of yeah. this little thing, this little thing, instead of just like living in the sheer gratitude of everything is so radically gratuitous in life. And, uh, anyway, so just kind of thinking about that and saying, yeah, how do we kind of, I don't know, conform to that, live that, you know, cause we know that intellectually, but I, I've said it often, but I, I do. And I, I, I acknowledge this is a blessing. I don't take it for granted, but I really do oftentimes probably once a week just go to bed with a huge smile on my face yeah, that's like this was just this is amazing like this is amazing i think that's part of the fuels the fears about the future is because i don't want this to change you know i, I don't and but there there is something and i i, I think there there's the change though and this is what i thought i don't think christians do very well the the change like anticipating something changing in the future there should be something especially if it's a challenge that should excite Christians. Yeah. I think because like we, we are, we're the biggest hypocrites because we are called the perfection and yet we are not living perfection. Of course we're not. So what we're called to and we, what we claim that we, we want to call others to is perfection. Be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. You know, like if, if that's our vocation, that's our goal that then, and we, we're never going to accomplish that here on earth. And yet that is our goal. And we're not going to back down from that. There's something about, and I don't, maybe, maybe you can tell me, I mean, does Aquinas or, or which one of Aquinas's virtues or in any way in the East, we would define this as kind of the response to faith, hope and love. But but is is the love of challenge? Is that a Christian virtue is saying it's going to be hard and I'm going to be stretched. But that's that's that should attract a human being. Yeah kind of the effort before that you know I, I read these books like gates of fire i'm right now reading game of thrones and in, in these books about like these kind of these fantasy books about adventure there's some young person some teenage kid that's not old enough to go to battle yet but he sneaks off to battle anyway i mean this happens in lord of the rings right. it, it's kind of a common thing where that they want the challenge they they like life life gets boring at home i want to go out i want to be engaged i want to be stretched to my limits and i i think that in our in our current world whether it's because we're we're numbed by the by the experiences we have, or we feel fulfilled by by um you know playing adventures in video games or watching adventures on TVs, we feel fulfilled in that, even though we're not. Like, is is there a Christian virtue or something that's been defined that is kind of emphasizes the the excitement that comes from this is going to be hard. Yeah. I'm going to be stretched to the limits, and I love it. Yeah. Um, I think that I'm, I got my. My Dominican buddy, Father Austin Lickie, in the back of my head, okay. being like, bah, 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 bah. "You need to say this." But my my two thoughts are: um, the virtue of magnanimity is mm. big, you know, uh, for Aquinas in terms of just greatness of soul, of just rising to the occasion, kind of this this kind of nobility of life that we're made for greatness, you know, and uh, that magnanimity and, and humility go hand in hand. They're not; it's not pride, you know. Right. It doesn't contradict. A humble life but just desire the desire for greatness yeah and then the other thought was um fortitude the virtue of fortitude or courage right you know? that's so, what i was thinking. so the yeah. um which is when the good presents itself as arduous you know the, it's difficult it's a challenge and i i just i mean um you know like we're talking about here trying to be so grateful for these like just ridiculous gifts of my life and people that god puts in and then they're going to be gone here in just a few mm -hmm. days 
Uh, I had two wonderful conversations today, one with Molly Roggin and one with Andrew Polito, and they're both faced with really difficult situations. Mm. And it was so uh, beautiful to just be with them and try mm. and love them. And I had this this line that came in Holy Hour when we were praying with the guys today was, um, it's so easy to love when the heart is exposed. Um, so these two women I know who I love dearly, spiritual daughters, uh, facing like really difficult situations in their own way. Um, but just when it, when it's exposed in relationship, you know, um, it's so easy to love them. I just, I just want to be, I want to encourage them. I want to support them because you just, and they don't realize that they feel ashamed. They feel frustrated. They feel whatever confused, but to just say, no, you're unbelievable. You're, you're absolutely unbelievable. Your life is unbelievable. What God is doing through you is unbelievable and the fact that I get to even kind of share in this is is such a gift and so there's something about um, acknowledging I don't know how to say this it's almost like rendering vulnerable the challenge uh, like you're saying to greatness and then feeling so inadequate and kind of bringing that into the realm of relationship and spiritual direction uh, or whatever it might be so we're kind of I'm all over the place here but you you know what I mean so yeah, and I, I think that 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 ties in immensely to what I was going to say. the The Eastern view, and in my understanding, is is that's that the if we feel called to to the kind of the chivalry of challenge of like wanting a challenge, wanting to be stretched. If we feel called to that, what we're doing is we are responding to something that began with God. Of course, is everything in the Christian life does. If you take the three greatest theological virtues, faith, hope, and love, that there's something they're all three they are christ they are jesus but but when you you take those separately they all are are since they're gifts and since they're gifts that we need to participate in that are not things that are not of us but of god that he gives us as gifts that there's there's a a pilgrimage mentality in other words i'm moving in a direction I, i i'm i'm moving towards a certain end that is christ and and in that end, I, I kind of want to get going. You know that that's probably the the zeal that a young person has for battle. Like, well, when I go to battle, that that defines me as a man. You know, yeah. in these stories, in these fantasies. So like like I'll be a man. So let's get going. I want to be a man now. Like like and and faith, hope, and love kind of defined for us what it means to be a mature Christian. Yeah. It, it's, it's someone who's receiving these things well. And and if we if we are understanding that those things are of Christ and that they're always bigger than us there's some there is something built into us that wants that challenge and feels very human and challenge and the example that came to mind when I was preparing this one one is a kind of a more basic example I'll bring that up at the end if we have time but um the other one is is with with modesty and chastity and purity and you know this is kind of directed towards men you know and I know this is a big topic um but but there's when like we Christians would never want our woman women that are Christian to wear burkas yeah. like like and and why not like like, like does isn't all temptation taken away like in Sharia law isn't isn't that the point of, of women covering themselves completely because you're saying that 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 for men now all temptation is taken away yeah. but Sorry. a Christian I think should say in one sense, Right, but you're taking away any sense of challenge, because the purity for for a man is a challenge, and and that should actually be an exciting thing. And I know we there needs to be this balance because there needs to be this. 
I receive everything from God and, and living a pure and chaste life for a young man is impossible in one sense. It is. I, I, like it's it's so built into us as as biological mammals that that, that we almost think that sometimes we're running on instinct, yeah. you know. And and so if we look at, at the animal kingdom, it just seems like, well, why can't it just be like that? You know, that, that there's something built into into especially young people. But but I, I, I think not to get too off topic, but but there's there's something about art. We we've kind of forgotten forgotten what what, what art is. Art is if, if you if we see good art and see something that is beautiful, obviously this is transcendent. It 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 moves beyond the medium, whether it's music or or painting. It it moves beyond the medium of what that is, and it raises us up to something transcendent, something beyond that. So you look at a bunch of paints put in a certain way, and I learned something about God. A bunch of notes, mathematical notes, and music arranged a certain way, and it, it I, I feel and I interact with God through that art. Um, there, there's this, you know, movement to, to say, um, well, I'm not going to let art affect me. Right. And I think that that would, that would be absurd to the ancients. Isn't that the point of art? Yeah. In other words, if I, if I want to be, if I want to feel more zealous, more gung ho, you know, if I, when I read Lord of the Rings for the first time, I, I fell asleep every night just desiring adventure, yeah. just desiring to be stretched, to go do something. It was just the way it was written and, and the, the adventure of it. Like, that's why we want art. I listen to certain music if I want to, like, become more zealous and, like, excited and go on a mission. I listen to other types of music if I just want to go to bed or rest. You know, we use art to give us a certain feeling. And if, we, if we're saying, I can, you know, not to get too far off, but, like, if I can watch violent movies or play violent video games and it's not going to affect me well then why are you doing it you know isn't isn't that why we have these things is to is to let it affect us in a certain way now with of course the human person is much more than art human persons are an end in themselves but i think there's something about about a man in this case looking at a woman and if you cover up all of her femininity you're removing the natural reaction a man should have to a woman i think there's a beautiful natural reaction a man should have looking at the female form my friend leah darrow's you know she has a new book coming out called the other side of beauty like and she touches on that in that book Mm. it's kind of like you if you see a woman out of the corner of your eye you should be able to say that's a woman not a man like by the way they're dressed by the way they carry themselves and there's something beautiful about that even the sexuality of it should draw men in not in an impure way or an unchaste way but in a beautiful way and so i think if if either you're completely covering up women you're removing the chance to have that kind of human interaction that is natural to us um i think the problem is though is is that is that well there's a couple problems but but one of the problems is that if there's a certain way of of presenting especially the female form that that is inherently sexual and meant only for you know the spouse so so there's a certain way women can act or dress that that can that can be on the most basic level an invitation yeah. an invitation like, like to that exclusive intimate relationship that should only be meant for for a committed relationship in marriage right so so there's a certain point and where a man has to say you know i want the challenge to be pure it's actually built into me to want the challenge i don't want her to cover up completely i don't want her to be wearing a burqa but 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 the, 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 this is of course a a gray area 
where where the man and the woman in their individual sexualities and things like that it, it's going to be kind of go above and below the line. You know, it, it's hard to define that. But I, I the the worst thing I think in the world is to say is for men to whine and complain and say women need to take away all temptation. They shouldn't even there shouldn't be even a challenge towards chastity or purity. That's actually removing a major part of your masculinity to mm-hmm. say that all challenge should be gone. We should want to challenge. We should fight for purity and chastity, and we shouldn't always blame the woman for some like as if she should just take away that entire challenge. Yeah, yeah interesting. This is an interesting talk. We're getting the feedback now. Sorry, I'm going to put this right. up. Okay. Um, you know, it's funny when you mentioned early on in the podcast about uh, we're going to do this on um, male chastity. I mm. forget the phrase you used, and I was like, uh-oh, because <laughs> I was thinking back to Wednesday when I was uh, up in Boulder for this Bible, this uh, book study with these ladies, and uh, I went for a bike ride up Sunshine Canyon, which was one of my favorite old rides outside of Boulder, and uh, I came back down, and I was a little late coming down, so they were showing up, and I'm biking down in my kit, as Italians mm. call it, the el kit, um, which is spandex, and right. I said, hi, Marilyn Pinnock, and... Uh, she goes, uh, I don't hug priests in spandex. And so I, I thought you were going to talk about uh, literally male, male way men uh, chastity. But yeah. uh, I get what you're saying here. The challenge, the challenge, yeah, is uh, the challenge is just one side of it. The But the side, I, I like, I've never thought about this before, about like, why don't we put our women in burqas? Yeah. There's something fundamentally that discordant for uh, the the Christian mentality to say that no 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 there's something beautiful about the the feminine form, and yes it can be grasped and possessed and exploited, mm-hmm. but there's something also about it I don't know that's um that's that's really important yeah like it's not just like it shouldn't just be permitted but it's actually essential yeah. and like going back to this book study. I wrote, I wrote a thank you to them because I said, I live in a world where men study theology and it was amazing to spend an evening talking to women mm. and watching women do theology yeah. and the way that they think receptively, the feminine genius, as John Paul would call it. Uh, it was, it was, it was amazing. Um, and part of that was the way that they cooked the meal and the way that they kind of carried themselves, the way that they walk. It, it's it's more subtle than just that we we kind of over sexualize everything and we yeah. just kind of reduce it to you know i don't know certain body parts or something but there's something about the the feminine form that it, it's much it's much more profound and more mysterious and more beautiful uh, and there's a great warrant that it carries to say uh there's something about it that's that's inherent to us as creation and we have to be we have to pay attention to this and i think that's the reward that a man gets a war the reward a man receives for being chaste is that he he is able to see a, a woman in her fullness you know and and for for everything she is together because you know i i know that when i you know like if if i see too much I think I've shared before that, you know, one of the restaurants I go to, the the, the women dress sometimes in a way that I I walk away saying, I I just saw everything yeah. when I was eating breakfast. You know, it was like, and and, and I desire to be chased. I do. 
you know, I, I want to be chased. And so I, I, I fight for chastity. I fight for purity as I, as I hope all of us do, but there's, it's like, if, if I'm seeing something that, that, that could lead to impure thoughts, like I have to become like a doctor. Like yeah. I will literally look at a woman as a doctor looks like completely professional. And it's, it's almost abusive in my mind. Cause like, like someone who's looking lustfully is, is, is taking a woman and breaking her down to her component parts and only wanting part of her only want yeah. to focus on part yeah. of her. But the same thing happens if, if, if you're at the point where you're saying this, the part of me is saying when, when I see, when I see the, the naked body of a woman, part of me is saying, this is an invitation. That's, I think a natural part of, of the man, right? It's saying that, so, so I'm fighting that. But the, one of the ways that I fight that is by saying, like, if, if I see too much, I, I, I have to, if I'm going to be chased, I have to say, I'm being completely professional here. I'm little. I'm literally uh, pretending like I'm a doctor looking in a textbook and saying this is this is anatomy 101. Like this is just human anatomy. I'm not letting kind of the the complete beauty of the woman like engage me because I'm protecting myself. And so I have to. I, I'm not even seeing how beautiful she is in an attempt to be more chaste because then I have to be completely professional and I will not let her beauty sink in because I'm afraid of being unchaste. Yeah. So there's something beautiful about saying I'm not going to let that happen. I'm going to embrace the challenge as a challenge, and I'm I'm going to I'm going to refuse to see her as anything else except a beautiful child of God and 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 complete in herself. And and if that means I have to fight a little bit harder to do it, then I have to fight a little bit harder to do it. But that challenge I think should be attractive to Christians. It should be saying this is going to be hard, but but the at the end of this is virtue and beauty. Right. At the end of this is faith, hope and love and godlikeness, theosis, deification. That's what happens at the end of this challenge and therefore I engage this challenge with with, with everything in me and with, with real joy, even though it's going to be harder. And rather than always feeling like the victim, they need to change so that my life is easier. No, let this be a challenge to me. I have uh, moments when I I get uh, I get too abstracted just living in, in an academic setting mm-hmm. and I I'm away from real people and I'm just kind of in my own little idealistic world and um, but then every once in a while I get struck by the fact that like uh, you know like listen to what we're talking about tonight you know how can we believe that God doesn't exist uh, in the sense that um, we're talking about something here, the feminine in particular, and the way that men respond to this that's either completely meaningless, and this right. is all BS, and we're just making this up, right. or this is something that is speaking right out of the heart of the Trinitarian life. Yeah. And so God is either explicitly expressing himself through this complementarity, or this is all just crazy. Yeah. And uh, I come back to that a lot. I think about that a lot because... The feminine has such a profound, profound influence on um, on all of us, you know, uh, but especially on men. And to just kind of cover it up as this evil thing um, is really destructive. I think that in many ways the uh, the feminine is. Um, well, I've been talking about this lately with with some people, but it uh, it gives us a sense. It's almost so profound that it gives us a sense of the of the infinite that this mm-hmm. can provide, this will fulfill me. And yeah. uh, for the heart of a man, whether you're celibate, married, whatever, the temptation is to say, this will provide, this will fulfill me. Yeah, uh, I think it's the only thing in creation that will say that, to say, and, and because at the heart of salvation history is a woman and her child. 
Yeah. You know, we, the, today is the feast of uh, Our Lady of Sorrows. Yeah. And we celebrate that. We, and, uh, you know, we, we talk about the Theotokos. You know, it's like really at the heart of the economy of salvation. God put at the center a woman and child. Yeah. Which is to say that what, what we're kind of striking at tonight is not just some kind of vague uh, reflections on, you know, um, male chastity and being heroic, but something that is at the very depth of the very depths of God's uh, disclosure of Himself uh, and the nature of love and um, the the kind of order of creation in relation to God, and it's, I just think that this is this is so important to just kind of stand before this reality and to say, kind of, we don't always understand it, but. Yeah. And I, I think I mean, that goes back to Adam and Eve. I mean, nothing, Adam, Adam viewed the perfection of creation with everything in it except a woman, and it was not enough. Right. Like, he, he just did not feel himself. He did not feel fulfilled until a woman came into the picture. And this is, of course, who was Eve. And there's something in the Eastern uh, vocabulary, in the language, you know, marriage lasts into eternity you know like you're not married in heaven that's that goes against the scriptures but there's some sort of theosis began the union of persons in christ that we have in heaven in its yeah. fullness began here on earth in time before we get outside of space and time in heaven so so there's something there's a special bond that a married couple has in the eastern language in heaven for all eternity so there's you know th- th- there's we're saying, what what do we have in heaven? We won't have our money. We, you know, well, that's a whole different podcast. <laughs> well, we have our pets. Yeah. You know, yeah. we, we, we won't have our money. We won't have our homes. We won't have our cars. But but we will have the other humans in our life. And, and that bond that we have with other humans and God that we will have in heaven began as a very real bond here on earth, especially with our spouse that we were sacramentally married to. I mean, there, there's something where I think we feel that draw, men in this case, feel that draw to the feminine because they're they're actually perceiving a bit of what heaven will look like yeah. in their relationship because they, they desire to get married. They desire to that bond, that exclusive bond. And that is a foretaste of heaven. Just like in our celibacy, there's in a sense a foretaste of heaven of, of the, the unconditional, non-exclusive love that we will have for everybody. So married people show the the intimacy of what heaven will be. Celibates, in a sense, experience the community of, of what heaven will be in, in, in the non-exclusive love that that is all in one, being in one body of Christ. Well, absolutely. I, uh, I, I continually am struck by the fact that being a celibate priest, as we are, um, how profoundly enriched I am by the feminine. Yeah. And people don't, they don't get that. They just think you're just some kind of creeper, you know, yeah. whatever. I, I, it's ridiculous, but I'm just like, no, I, I mean, in my past, it, it was a real struggle to, when I came back to the faith, to those of you who have listened to the, my conversion story, like it was a, it was a real work of, of conversion to, 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 to restore my heart in a way where I could actually engage the feminine in a pure way. Yeah. It took a long time, yeah. But now I'm like, damn, it's better than anything. Like, yeah. it's I I don't know how to describe it to people. It brings such a richness and a beauty, but it but it is a challenge, and it continues to be a challenge yeah. because when the feminine presents itself, you still want to grasp at it. Yeah, and that's the great fight for a man is to say, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna po- seek to possess this. Yeah, that's the that's the kind of the temptation after the fall. 
But I think especially for us celibates, when we do fight that fight, when we do enjoy that challenge and zealously move towards that challenge, we are experiencing a taste of heaven when when we'll be able to experience the feminine all the time, 24 right. seven, and yet in, in a way that is not the least bit abusive or, 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 you know, grasping or, you know, going outside the bounds of the gift we've received from that. And so I, I there, there is a, once that is ordered, I think that's, that's the, the horror of like an addiction to pornography or right. to sex addiction. Like you're, you're addicted and you, you, the addiction is preventing you from realizing the fullness of the gift of what femininity is because you've spent so much time abusing that femininity and looking at it in a way that is grasping and wrong that you just don't see clearly anymore. You're literally blinded to the immense beauty of what the gift of femininity is that, that if you're, if you're a married man, you participate in a very very intense intimate intimate and exclusive way but but every man and every human gets to experience the beauty of femininity in a way and the own the devil wants to just cloud that he wants to blind us to it and have us abuse it and he in so many cases he wins but if if we're up for the challenge of of finding in with having pure eyes of faith and it is a challenge it will always be a challenge to the day we die but why do we why are we afraid of that challenge? I think it's built into our humanity to desire that challenge and and to seek it out with with the zeal of a thirteen year old kid wanting to go to battle with his dad, yeah. you know, and not being able to. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And it's hard to explain to guys. You know, I got a buddy getting one of my old hockey friends is getting married uh, next week. Great guy, but you know, I'm going to be with all the old boys. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, we kind of went through the downfall together, but they're great guys, you know. But uh, on this front, they don't understand. They just think, what are you doing, you know, giving up the life of lust, yeah, uh, what we had. And I'm just like, guys, you don't understand what you could have, right. uh, which is like there's there's a beauty to the feminine form that that uh, when with a, with a pure heart, none of us have pure hearts, but, you know, striving for purity, it's just it starts to radiate. I have a very clear idea of this in my mind. When I was in high school, I was in love with this one girl. I won't name her name or any of these things, but just in love with her for years. She was just like this, the girl, you know? And, uh, and then I had a conversion to Christ Mm. and it was amazing. I, my, my love changed. The love's changed, you know? because I saw um, a deeper form and these, I met these new women and they just, they radiated something that was different. This I was 18, you know, when this mm-hmm. happened and I remember going out for coffee cause I was 18 at the time uh, with the old girl and who I was just obsessed with forever. And I just thought, you know, I, I don't even desire this right now mm-hmm. because I've, I've seen something deeper right? and I can't explain it, but it's just, it's there. It's the form. And, uh, I think that's what we're, and what moved my heart then and somehow moved it to go to seminary and be a priest was to say, I want to fight for that. I want to live for that. And, um, this, this has everything to do with my life, but I'm not going to possess it. And I won't actually be able to even, uh, obtain it in this life because of what Jesus is asking, but it's worth it. Yeah. And it's all, I'm, I'm, it's all in relationship to that. So, yeah. 
the, the, there was a very direct experience. I think I've shared this before that when me and my buddies, when I was in college, we'd go to Vegas and, you know, in Vegas, there's always, there's, it's just a very sexualized atmosphere. And, you know, it's, it's all about lust and kind of the grasping for that. And, and we would play this game where we would like, we'd be walking down the strip or through a, a casino and you, you had to be the first, you won the game. If you gave a girl a really pure smile, like just very human childlike pure smile before she did. And it's like, nobody does that. You all yeah, kind of give each other this yeah. look like I'm too good for you. That's like, that's yeah. how it worked in my mind. But it was, it was so good because I loved when I lost. It happened so rarely because we were doing it intentionally. Nobody right. else was. But when I would lose and I would like, I looked at a girl and I, I didn't do the like pure, you're beautiful, hi, smile soon enough. And she got it, she did it to me first. I would just be so humble, like, ah. Oh. But it was just such a beautiful game in a sense to play because we were forcing something that, w that we should have been doing without it being forced, yeah. you know. I think this has everything to do with the faith. You know, I, I'm big on our boy Balthazar, and, uh, and he thinks that the aesthetic categories are, and the poetic categories are more fitting than philosophy, so that beauty is really at the heart of the faith. And one of the reasons for that is, he says, you perceive the form, and then you're enraptured by it. Hmm. And I think that's kind of what we, we keep hitting at tonight. And if this is an encouragement to any guys listening, just to say, Fight, fight for chastity. Yeah. It's freaking worth it. Absolutely. Like it's, it's, it's really, really worth it because what you get to experience of the feminine when you're, when your heart is chaste and, and when it's at least more pure and we're never totally pure, but when it's more pure, man, it's worth it. Yeah. And, uh, what women, the beauty that they bring to our life, it's exceptional and the world just doesn't understand it like you're saying everything is sexualized everything is is just so reduced to uh, to uh pleasure to the to the principle of pleasure but it's you can't explain it but it's just it's the great it's some of the greatest gifts and joys of our priestly life is to mm -hmm. to share that so and also i you know I, our buddy father david nix one time gave a talk on um on just the 40 days for life and protesting an abortion clinic. And he said that he found when he got more active in the pro-life ministry, he said that children without obviously knowing would, would be much more attracted to him. Like they'd always, you know, just be approach him and smile at him and things like he interacted with children and they were more interested in him once he was in that ministry. And I think that's the case too. If we are truly fighting for purity and for chastity, women will be more attracted to being around us. You know, right. it, it's, it, it might not be something they can define, but like if you're, if you're a single guy, you know, fight, fight for chastity. And, you know, women who have this weird sixth sense thing that we men don't quite understand, right. like they'll see that fight in you. And what, what woman doesn't want a man who's going to fight in the, for, the, for her, for purity, for all these things, you know? So, utilize that in your search for a good wife and you know you never know she might come out and be more attracted to you than she was before because she sees that fight in you absolutely absolutely yeah i think the uh it's worth it guys i mean you know this is kind of our rah rah talk tonight but <laughs> Amen. I, I i think that yeah it's, just, it's worth it it doesn't feel like it's worth it it feels like you're losing it's like i'm losing all this pleasure i'm losing all these you know whatever it but but God, it's worth it. It's worth it. It's just, um, and you, you just can't see it until afterwards. Yeah. And so I think, uh, yeah, 
fight the good fight, man. Yeah, you but know. so believe us. I mean, we we fail like anybody, but we are fighting the good fight. We're we're seeing the fruits of it in a, in a very real way. Thank God for that. And, and yeah. women, be we're grateful you're not in burkas. You know, yeah, I think exactly. that's a good thing is to say we don't want you in burkas. We like that you look like women. Yeah, we like that you look like women. <laughs> you know, we don't we don't like you know pornography and these things. They they're destroying humanity. But but women who are women, it's beautiful. Yeah. Anthropology dresses. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what they wear. But you know, it's it's we like that. <laughs> that that's the way you should be. Be yeah. feminine. Yeah. And and don't worry about don't worry about the rest of this stuff. And don't worry about what the culture says. And then don't worry about the stigma that says. I should be wearing, you know, I don't know, blue jean, uh, you know, what do you call those things? You know, it's just like, uh, they just wash everything out. You know, there's a right. beauty to the form. Yeah. So anyways. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Well done. This is an interesting topic. I took it all over the place. I hope it worked out okay tonight. Well, no, yeah. I, I, I was just going to talk about challenge, but I'm glad it went off in the femininity direction quite quickly. So amen. there you go. Yeah. Shout out. Some shout outs. All right. I I got the one uh, we've well a couple things I guess we talked about victims of the hurricane that a lot of people especially during Harvey were uh, were contacting us and just saying hey it's been a weird life it's been a weird day and a half and we've we've had more time actually to listen to the podcast and you find some normalcy but we've also gotten a lot of uh, responses recently from those in the military armed forces like we have people from all over the world especially on military bases that listen to us and that that you know are encouraged and and get a little taste of home and a taste of uh, of the the life of faith and the leadership of the priests. So, so for all those serving our country, those in the military, we have a exorbitant amount of you listening. So thank you for that. And uh, we're I'm certainly honored that people who are living such lives of self gift would uh, would invest and be encouraged by us. So amen. That's a that's a big one. And thanks to. Brother Tim Danner, who made a point to say, hey, yeah, make sure you exactly. give a shout out to our military personnel abroad living and listening. I grew up in a military family, um, and I'm grateful uh, that I did. I'm grateful for what you gave to me and uh, for what you're doing. So thank you for your service I grew up to our in country. one as well. We love you guys. Yeah, you yeah. as well. Exactly. Marine. My so. dad was a Marine in Vietnam, and right. right now Agent Orange is actually absolutely eating him up inside. I don't think that's sharing too much, but my dad is congestive heart failure, asthma, sleep apnea, all because of the Agent Orange he uh, breathed in during Vietnam. So if you're listening, pray for my dad. Bob is his name, and um, his he's suffering like a Marine. Yeah, <laughs> very, very sure diligently and strongly, and he's an inspiration to all of us. But it's it's it the, his service is harming him yeah. in a very real way but yeah. he, he's worth it you know according to him so well we love it and we're grateful for that so thanks for listening it's such yeah. an honor for us to when we hear from you guys we really appreciate hearing from listeners I yeah mean, we can't respond as fast and if especially if you send a package to global you're gonna you know get a thank you like two years from now but we really we do. we're really honored by it by it so anyways um shout outs uh lisa marie hunt who we talked about yep. Uh, discerning consecrated life Carl Springs who connected at she came Holy Protection Holy Protection on Sunday and met my entire family because they were all down here and yeah she's an amazing woman and I hope she sticks around Colorado for a long time stick around Lisa I want to meet you but I'm unfortunately leaving for Rome so the uh, deans Garrett and Ray Dean gave us some great shirts great day Uh, it's the Walt Disney logo on the front but it says Malt whiskey very clever so anyways <laughs> thanks to the deans for that we appreciate it and we went and brewed and hung out at their place on monday yeah, so that was shout best. out to the deans 
You got any? That's all I have. That's all you have? Okay, I'm going to do a few more here. Cool. So on Sunday night, I was at the Meyer family, Sherry and John Meyer and their son, Jesse, and uh, his wife, Shannon. I recommended the podcast because she has a long commute. They started listening at the beginning. Oh, wow. So like number one, nice. Stylites. So this will be like six years from now they get this. But when you do... Shout out to Shannon and Jesse Meyer. And then lastly, some of my favorite Minnesota people, Debbie Coop, Father Evan Coop, Companion of Christ, wonderful doctoral student in in Minnesota or in Rome with me, his mom who saved us from dying in Istanbul this last fall. Uh, Debbie listens. Uh, Katie Rakowski, you're awesome. Thanks for listening. And then Emmy Dol- Emily Dolsky, uh, thanks for listening and informing and Lakoko, who doesn't listen to uh, everything that's happening. So that's my... Uh, All right, and I got I got two more. Uh, Father Patrick Anderson, um, I did not get his message, and I got a text message from Sister Natalia saying, please call Father Patrick. He thinks you hate him. <laughs> so I, I called him back. He, I know he listens. He said he's just started listening recently. So Father Patrick Anderson in uh, Cleveland, priest of Cleveland, and then uh, he put me in touch with Ellen Dalby, who uh, a young woman living in Phoenix, who I know listens as well, um, that's looking to go on a retreat. And that's why right, she got in contact go. with me. All so right, Ellen. Ellen, Father Patrick, God bless you guys. Thanks for listening. Well, well done tonight. Great to be with you, Father you Michael. Too, Father. Always just the smoothest, the coolest of the Catholic stuff uh, hosts. So. <laughs> just the voice. It's all from God. And uh, I think as a final shout out, this week we're meeting. Next week we're meeting with the uh, the whole team. So. Mike Casberg, yeah. Molly Tynan, our new Becca Messel. And uh, we have a couple of the people who are helping us out. Brother Tim Dan, who are always getting after it with uh, emails, helping us. And yeah. so just grateful for all of our friends who support us and uh, help this kind of thing keep going. So. Yeah. And man, actually, I know we've been asked to give blessings at the end of the podcast. Do you want to do that? Go for it. it. You, know, you, right. got a, you got cooler ones than I do. All right. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Cause his face to shine upon you. Have mercy on you. May he grant you peace. May he grant you holiness, joy. And may he grant you zeal for the challenge of life, to fight the good fight, with again, with zeal, with joy, and with fulfillment in theosis and bonding with our Lord, for the glory of the church and the upbuilding of our Lord in everything. May our Lord bless you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. CatholicStuffPodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. And uh, next week we'll see you from Benedictine College. Yeah. God bless you guys. Safe travels.